All right. Let's get this out of the way first. The thoughts, views, and opinions expressed on Tailboard Talks Firefighter Podcast are solely those of the speakers, guests, and hosts, and do not in any way represent the thoughts or views or opinions of any other employer, partnership, or sponsor. The material and information in this podcast is for general information purposes only and should be used at the listener's discretion. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Tailboard Talks Firefighter Podcast. My name is Chris, your host with Fourth Shift Firefighter. Solo episode today. I know you're seeing Kurt and I on here talking about True Detective and also some listener stuff and sharing stories, but today's a quick one and a solo episode because, well, scheduling's tough. Also, I'm going to Lincoln, Nebraska tomorrow. So this comes out on Thursday. And if you check my social media when this comes out or if you listen to it any time before the weekend, I'm going down to Lincoln, Nebraska to do my first gravel race. It's a winter endurance event. It's more of a ride, very casual thing, but very fun. Katie's sending me down because we got a new camper, a little bit bigger one. And she said, we should really have you figure this thing out before we take a trip to Florida for 10 days. So sending me on a solo mission, getting down there day early, tinkering with the camper. Then I have a gravel ride, then coming back, then working on Monday. Anyways, that's the reason that's a solo episode. But uh, you may see more of these in the future just because scheduling is tough until the summer months come around and Kurt's available more. Okay, so what I really want to talk about this week, just a fun topic, is flexing on your crewmates and flexing on your friends at work. Because, man, it is so fun. It's so much fun when you can take something that looks or is perceived as, like, really difficult and you make it look easy. And look is definitely the key word in that because usually it's not. Usually it's a thing where, like, you're on the verge of death and your heart's beating in your ears or you barely made it, but you got to brush off and be like, that's no big deal. Big flex, right? Especially if someone's tried something and couldn't do it. We're going to get in this second. I got a bunch of listener responses, and I have a couple stories on that. Um, but first, I, o- I always forget to do this. Don't forget to go check out my friends, my affiliates, uh, Rescue One CBD, 0.000 THC. Uh, safe for the job. It's all good. Great company, great guy. It's an affiliate link in the show notes, whether you're watching on YouTube or you're in uh, one of the pod apps. And also, Fourth Frontier, their X2 heart rate monitoring strap. It's a chest strap, which I like because nothing on your wrist to get in the way. Uh, but it does all the standard metrics, you know, respirations, exertion, body shock, all this stuff that everything else does. But the thing that sets it apart, it's the only heart rate monitoring strap with lead to EKG. So you can look back over the course of your workout um, and see what your heart was doing. You felt any weird beats in there, any kind of flutter or something like that. You can look at it. Uh, you can also just do a live looking. If you're looking, if you're wearing it and you're not working out, you can do get on the app here and just look at your your lead to real quick. So it's pretty cool features in that thing. Go check them out. All right, flexing on your coworkers. So much fun. So I have a bunch of responses here on Instagram. Let me just read them off real quick. Uh, let's see, we have, I can pick locks and they can't. That's a specialized skill. If you can show proficiency on through the, through the lock stuff, through the door stuff, you can look pretty slick, man. And there's a lot of people that struggle with that. So I, I dig that one. We also have being happy with yourself. This person has done a lot of work to be happy with themselves. And I haven't talked to him in a little bit, admittedly, but uh, to see them put that up there is uh, pretty awesome because that is a big flex. We had a lot of people complaining about a lot of stuff, a lot of people going through some hard stuff. So being comfortable and secure and happy with yourself, pretty big flex. goes a little deeper than what I'm talking about, but I I really like it. Uh, Pizza, that's of course, Joe Galley's response. Joe Galley makes phenomenal pizza every weekend at the fire station. Um, goes without saying. I mean, the guy can do no wrong. This one says, I know sign language. We have huge pockets of deaf people in town. That is massive. Sign language, any language really, besides your primary language, 
is such a huge help. Uh, the ambulance I was working on just a few months ago, I had a guy who was essentially ESL. He learned to speak English when he was very, very, very young. Um, but man, the times that he came in handy and I pretty much just let him run calls because he could communicate so much better uh, with Spanish speaking people was, it just made everything so much easier. Uh, what else do we have? My seniority, giant flex. Dude, the hi-hat badge thing is alive and well in my department. I hope it's alive and well in yours. If you got a job or a task or something stinky, gross, unexciting to do, call the hi-hat badge. If you're not familiar with that term, uh, as time goes on and history goes on and time goes on, the hat badges get higher, right? So I'm number 398 in my department. We're up to like 460 now. If someone has a higher hat badge than me, they're getting the job that I don't want to do. I really like that one. Uh, little lungs, little breaths. This is going to tie into one of my favorite flexes later on, but that's very true. If you can conserve air, giant flex. Uh, another person, separate person, another tiny person on here. I'm tiny but mighty. I fit in the small spaces and scuttles no one else can. Coincidentally, that also might be a high hat badge job. If <laughs> we got to go somewhere tight or cramped or uncomfy, just a bonus that you're high hat badge potentially and itty bitty. So I dig that one. Uh, I also asked for a ridiculous recap thing, and I got a quick one. I didn't have a chance to follow up, but it said, tongue stuck to a pole like in A Christmas Story. I'm hoping that doesn't mean the fire pole in your station. I'm hoping that means that you guys are screwing around, uh, probably on duty, not on a call, and someone got their tongue stuck. That is a setup for endless ridicule. Also, several cartoons and posters to be plastered on your locker about Ralphie. Uh, I hope that joke does not go away anytime soon, and you're getting your mileage worth out of that thing. So... A few flexes I've done over the years, and it's changed. It's certainly changed. If you listen to a few episodes, where whenever Kurt and I talk, we talk about kind of the structure of our department. And it used to be when you came on, you do a year, maybe two years on an engine. And then if you're a medic, you would get sent to an ambulance to drive an ambulance. And the way it used to be was you could, and this was kind of my career path, you could get on that ambulance at year two, two and a half, and essentially drive that ambulance or be married to it, unless you chose to get off and go to a different one, for up to 10 years. And that's kind of what I did. I drove several ambulances, kind of moved around, but I was an ambulance driver for about 10 years and I decided to go to the acting program and try to get promoted. One of the biggest flexes I could do at that time was just eat those ambulance shifts for the smile. And I knew that my future was not, uh, it's not going to be soon that I was getting off this thing. And I was like, well, I don't mind being on a busy ambulance. I like using my skills. I like being useful and doing stuff. I don't mind running calls. Uh, even overnight, it wasn't that big of a deal besides being tired the next day, but what are you going to do? So I would show up on my ambulance and be like, yeah, it's cool, man. I'll, I'll be on here again. And guys would offer to rotate off and I'd do it from time to time. But, um, if they were like in the same spot as me, same seniority or same ambulance ride and they offered, I'd be like, no, it's all good, man. And just shrug it off. To me, that was a huge flex because there is a great number of people who would treat that ambulance as just a fate worse than death, or they were just over it, or they just had no interest in it, but they were assigned to it, right? And so for me to be able to be like, no, man, it's cool. It's my job. I'm all about it. Like, leave me on my ambulance. Let me do my thing. Did a couple things. First of all, it it made me look good. Like, let's be honest, right? If you're the person not causing problems and just doing your job, not to mention a part of your job description, like you're paid to do it. You're trained to the level of of doing it. Just do it. Right, it's not. It doesn't have to be that big a deal. Certainly, at this point, 16 years in, I I would like to not do it so much, but that's my job, so I'm going to do it with the best attitude I can. So that was the first thing. I would look good to the senior people uh, on my shift, on my crew, 
on uh, in the department, they'd be like, no big deal. And I get to brush it off. And my peers who were complaining, I got to flex on them a little bit, be like, that's the big deal, man. Just do your job. This is a great ambulance to be on. As I got older, um, fitness really turned into a major flex. Like, it just this just happened the other day. We have a, a bunch of new guys, and we have a maze at our training tower. And it's a really cool modular maze. A bunch of uh, essentially 4x4 four four plywood sheets on, like, a movable system. It's hard to explain, but there's tracks, and you can build this thing like a, like a Rubik's cube almost inside of itself and just make all kinds of configurations. And there's like a lot of really tight, uncomfortable spaces. Um, so now any chance I get in training to not switch out my bottle when other people have to, like after the maze, I was like, well, what's your bottle at? And they were like, well, I'm at, you know, 2,700. So I'm going to go switch out. I'd be like, well, I'm right about the same. So I'll just stick with it. We'll do another evolution. I'll just use the same bottle. For whatever reason, call it an ego stroke, call it whatever. That is just a giant flex. Be like, I know you got to switch up. I'm good. I'll push it. No big deal. Even if I go on bells, I know I got enough to get to get out of here. That is just a giant flex. Of course, don't do that on a call. Like, yeah, if you're that low, go get a new bottle so we can do more work. We can do our job for longer and have more fun. But yeah, if you can not have to switch out your bottle and then use one bottle while other people use two, I consider that a giant flex. That's something I really, really like. The other flex that I've tried to show off from time to time is carrying things or grip strength. And uh, this came in when we were doing hose testing a year or two ago. And we have these giant four-inch rolls that weigh like, I can't remember what, 75 to 80 pounds per roll, maybe more, I, maybe 100. I can't, I don't know. But we'd roll them up and uh, there'd be like five or six of them rolled up on the bay floor and they'd be like, okay, let's go get a tanker bar and we'll get, we'll thread it through the center and then we'll get one person on one side and one on the other and we'll walk it over the, the rack and we'll do this. I'm like, hey, or we could just pick it up. And you know, yes, it's heavy. Yes, you got to pay attention, but you can, with a lot of gusto and bravado, walk over there, strut on over, grab this thing, pick it up, walk it 10 steps to the rack, toss it in the rack, look like a real hero. I know it's just a, a weird male flex kind of thing, but being able to do that while you're like, yeah, go get your tanker bar. I'll, I'll figure this out. Don't worry about my couple of rolls over here. I got it. Huge flex. Grip strength is great. If you can grab onto something. I remember a long time ago, uh, we were on a call, me and Joe Galley, and I wasn't playing keep away with his gloves. What I was doing was I was agitating him. So I picked up his fire gloves and I was holding them and he tried to swipe them back for me real fast. And I clamped down on him so when he grabbed him his hand slipped off and then he grabbed on and I basically let him shake it like a dog toy up and down side to side and I just kind of held on until he got tired and let go and he just did this funny frustrated thing and then I gave him his gloves back but that's like a, a funny flex man I mean it's a lot of fun it's stupid little stuff right I love flexing on my crewmates in a fun way the more you can do it I think the more fun you can have I'm not even going to talk about crossing boundaries because that's not what we're talking about today, but have fun with your crews. Flex a little bit. If someone flexes on you, take it as a fun joke, man. Nobody's trying to insult you. Nobody's trying to tell you that you suck or you're not good enough. Um, let them have their moment. Let them flex a little bit. Laugh about it, right? They're probably being a good sport. If they're going to flex on you, they're going to be a good sport about it and have fun, man. But look for those opportunities to flex a little bit. I know I've said flex a million times. Hopefully, if you're playing a drinking game, you're not blacked out by now. Uh, but just a fun little topic for today. Switching gears, let me just make sure I got everything on this. Yeah, okay, we're all good. Switching gears, I saw a graphic on Instagram today, and here's my problem with social media and my business. 
I just don't want to get involved a lot of times. When people are arguing on social media or if they put up an opinion I don't jive with, I go, well, that's dumb. And I just kind of let it be dumb. And I don't, inv- I don't engage with it because that's not really the place to change people's minds at all. I think there's even a study on it. I don't know. I'm just using that as justifying me not getting involved. But I saw one today that I had to get involved with. And let me look it up real quick. But it was all about, hey, when somebody asks you the worst thing you've ever seen, you should clap back at them and blah, blah, blah. So here's what it says. I have an idea, first responders. Next time someone asks you what's the craziest or scariest call you've been on, you should ask them in return, what's the most traumatic or horrific thing you've ever experienced? You know, just so they understand the impact of the question. Don't, what are we doing? Don't do that, right? I'm, I, feel like, I feel like Bernie. I'm once again standing in front of you asking you not to do that. First of all, this is confusing. What's the craziest or scariest call you've been on? That has maybe nothing to do with traumatic or horrific, first of all. Crazy could be fun. Scary could even be fun. We're not talking about traumatic or horrific. I said it before we did a whole episode on it. It's titled, What's the Worst Thing You've Ever Seen? My answer to that was, my, was essentially this. When someone asks you that, what's the worst thing you've ever seen? What's the craziest call you've ever been on? What's the scariest thing you've ever blah, blah, blah? They don't know what they're asking. I, they do know what they're asking and what they're looking for. Entertainment. They're looking for entertainment. They're asking for fun stuff. We treat ourselves like shelter dogs of like, yeah, come pet me and then bite you if you ask us the wrong question. Don't do that. They, don't try to hurt someone because they unintentionally hurt you because they have no idea what they're asking you. If you're a professional, if you do this for a living, if you see some terrible stuff, probably, right, that's your job. That's your cross to bear. That's your issue. Don't make it their issue. You can explain to them like, nah, I'm not so much into that. Uh, or lie. Who cares? Lie. Say nothing. I've never seen anything bad. What are they going to think? You're not a hero? What do they care? You're still getting a paycheck and you know, you know you're still a hero. So who cares? This just happened to me the other day. And it kind of put me back on my heels because I really didn't expect it. We were on an odor investigation in the house for something burning. It was an outlet or a light bulb or something. So we're looking around. And uh, I'm downstairs with the homeowner while the guys are looking. And she goes, uh, you guys busy today? And I said, no, not too bad. A couple of calls, but nothing too severe. And she said, anything like really bad or gross? I said, what? And she said, any like traumas today? And I said, no, not for us. I'm like, guys across town did. They had a really gross day. But uh, no, we, we made out pretty lucky so far. I said, but shift's half over. We got 12 hours left till 7 in the morning. So fingers crossed we don't have any, right? And then I walked away. I'm like, I got to keep looking for the stinky smell. What am I going to do? Enlighten her in that moment? First of all, she's asked if there's any trauma. She might even be a nurse or something like that. I don't know, and I'm not going to dig into it. But what am I going to do? Tell her, ask a person on a call who called me for help. Okay, lady, you think you're being smart? What's the worst thing you've ever seen? No, that's not the right setting for that. That's not the right way to handle that, in my opinion. You're a professional. You're in control. You set the tone and set the narrative. So do it. You're used to taking control on calls. What makes hanging out at a social gathering any different? Someone asks you a question that you don't like, take control of it. Get out of the conversation you have, however you have to. But you don't need to trauma dump on people. You don't need to lecture anybody. You don't need to enlighten them of the ways of how inappropriate their question was. They consider you a party favor. Sorry. That's the way they're viewing you. You're a party favor. Give me something juicy. Give me something silly. Give me something weird. I want to hear it. And I'm going to know you for the next 35 seconds. And I'll probably never, ever see you again. 
why are we making a bigger thing that out of this than it has to be? You know, this may make you feel a certain way. It may really screw you up when people ask you this. But like I said in the episode, we'll recover this in more detail. If the first thing you do is fly off the handle or go to that dark place or feel like you have to snap back at someone when they ask you this simple question, which we know is a question that people ask, which we should expect in social settings. If you think the first thing you have to do is go to that extreme, that is another indicator that you need to figure your brain out. I'm not saying figure it out. I'm not here to help you. I'm saying, ding, pay attention. You should have, I shouldn't say you should have. Our goal, hopefully, is to build the ability to not only be capable and durable on the job, this is the slogan of the whole company, but away from it. If we're good on the job, we're killing it, we're doing awesome stuff, we're experiencing traumatic stuff, we let it roll off, blah, blah, blah. But away from the job, we crumble and we're useless, useless to our family. We can't be in a social setting or... The stress is too much and we isolate or a million other things that could go wrong because of this job. That is an indicator we got more work to do. And it sucks because I don't want to do the work. It's either too stressful or boring or scary, but that's the way it is because the alternative is this. You fly off the handle when someone asks you a question at a party because they think you're going to be a good time. Didn't mean to go on that much of a rant of it, but let's be honest here, people. We don't need to clap back at the public and teach them a lesson. Give them the goofy stuff they're looking for. I even suggested in the episode, have a couple in the tank. I, I remember saying specifically, without going back and looking at it, you know what really shocked someone who asked you what the craziest thing uh, they ever seen was? A story about someone's foot rotting off or a lower GI bleed that left a trail of jello on the floor when they walked to the cot. Or bed bugs. Those are great stories to tell people who ask you craziest stuff they've ever seen. Because your 10 is their 50. Your 5 is their 10. If you give them a middle-of-the-road gross story, that is by far most likely the most craziest thing they've ever heard. Give them the easy stuff, man. Go talk to your therapist. Go sort out your brain. Don't make it their problem. That's just a little tip of the iceberg on that conversation. I know that elicits some opinions, some feelings, some uh, descending opinions, I get it, but let's not want to be the hero and then people ask us about doing heroic stuff and then freak out about it, okay? Sorry if that sounds harsh. I don't mean to call you weak or unable or, or broken or anything like that. We all got work to do, man. We all got work to do, some of us more than others. Some of us are just choosing not to do it and choosing to get angry instead. I get it. I do it. I got work to do, but it's not going to stop happening. People are not going to stop asking you that question. You are not going to stop having opportunities to handle it really well or really poorly. Some days you might handle it really poorly and wish you would have done better. That's kind of the way it goes as humans. Guys, it's kind of the way it goes as uh, firefighter paramedics. It kind of definitely the way it goes as parents, as friends, as everything, as partners, spouses, whatever you are. That's pretty much how it goes. You screw up. You wish you would have done better. Next time you hope to not screw up as bad probably will then you hope to do better some more some days you screw up big time even though you know better we all just try to do better all right people thank you for listening sorry if that got a little too deep or in the weeds or ranty i don't know i'd love to hear your thoughts on it i get both sides of it i understand but uh this is the conversations man this is the tailboard talks conversations these are the ones i want to have this is the ones i enjoy having um and we're gonna have more of them so please Visit my affiliates. Please stay more capable and durable, or sorry, work on being more capable and durable on the job and away from it. We'll talk to you guys soon. I'll talk to you from Nebraska. Please check my social media at Fourth Shift Firefighter. I'll be doing frequent check-ins, maybe even stuff some stuff during the race, and uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. Be a Fourth Shift Firefighter.